So, this podcast, is it any good? Eh, they follow some shite clubs, but it's a pretty good podcast. Lavelle, Rose up the middle, looking, cutting, shooting, go! The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool, and for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic. A sensational start, a controversial start. And it's advantage to the Reds. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. D. Smith, welcome in. It's the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Puck Ales in Chula Vista. It's also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it's great, good to be a guy. Darren, hello. It's a Wednesday evening. It's very late for us. We're not drinking coffee during the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. I'm drinking a beer. Nice. I am drinking a mezcal. Oh, even better. Well done, sir. Happy Wednesday to you. Hey, it's been that kind of day. It's been that kind thus far. Yeah, absolutely. A Wednesday to celebrate. Absolutely. We're closing up the month of June, Jordan. I don't know if you realize this. I realize that months are just arbitrary start and stop points, but undefeated in the month of June are your SD loyal. Very nice. What a run. San Diego Loyal are on right now. Um, Longest winning streak, as Darren brought up on the pre-match show, Match Day Live. Longest winning streak that exists in the Pacific. That was even before the win on Tuesday night against Oakland Roots. So they add to that. The winning ways continue. That's great news. And um, the biggest takeaway is it's really fun when you have Miguel Berry, Alejandro Guido coming off the bench, and it's really fun when you're getting three points at home, which is uh, something they've done every single time. Torero Stadium has been very special so far this year. And Jordan, why do you think that is? You know, what sort of gas? What sort of secret sauce do you think is going on there behind the scenes at Torero Stadium that is leading the club to be undefeated at home, picking up twelve out of twelve points at Torero Stadium so far in 2021? What do you think's happening? This is easy. The locals are back. We have supporters in the house. It's a different feeling, Torero. That's where you were going with that. That is not where I was going with that. But I I think that that's probably a contributing factor. I think that helps get the club through the final whistle. I thought you were going to say it all began on May 29th when Jordan Carruth celebrating a Chelsea football club champions league title took it upon himself to bring champagne to the pitch to pop a bottle on match day live pre only to begin a trend and a tradition that is now undefeated that is a very good point for the record i still say it's the locals and the fans in the house um but you you you're not wrong when you say that we have popped champagne in every single match at home and they have they have won every single time. The tradition continued. We give you the update every week, it seems like. The Champions League final slash home opener, Darren prematurely popping his champagne before the show started. He and Nate Abarea were, I don't know what was going on, but premature popping was happening. I know that happened. The mayor, Todd Gloria, has popped champagne, and then it was up to me on Tuesday night against Oakland. To uh, we were we were holding out hope that Landon Donovan was going to stop by the set yeah. and pop a bottle of champagne as he was walking to the bench, but he does not walk to that bench until like kickoff. No, 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 you don't see Landon down there, and that's weird too because I can remember March 7, twenty twenty, he was down there on the field watching the players warm up. Remember we talked to him and 
I think we may have even mentioned it on the podcast. You know, he's understandably a little bit nervous, right? Like first time managing professionally. It mattered. What sort of crowd were we going to have? Nobody knew that there was going to be a pandemic like two weeks later. But, you know, we, we remember that night and then he completely changed his routine. So you're right. Like he he sort of comes down. If kickoff is at 737, he usually walks onto the field at about 736 and he has two cups of coffee in his hands. As we said yesterday, if you were with us on Match Day Live, apologies for the repetition. Presumably one for him and presumably one for Nate Miller, but I don't know the answer to that question. Right. I offered him champagne when he did walk by and he kind of just laughed at me. Yeah. And I think he kind of like rolled his eyes at me probably, if we're being honest. And then he just like walked on. I mean, he's he shows up. As soon as that ball's ready to kick, that's when he's rolling into that bench. That's the yeah. setup there. I was My hoping fun. he would pop the champagne. It did not happen. Um, maybe in the future. So I... I had the privilege of popping champagne Tuesday night and three more points in the bag. Yeah. Uh, might I submit to you yet a, a different variable, a uh, different pause for uh, what's going on here with SD loyal now, because it's, it's four straight wins. It's seven undefeated on the bounce, as they like to say. SD loyal's never lost with Miguel Berry on its roster. <laughs> You know, dating back to last year. Now, you can tell me all you want about a forfeit at the end of September against Phoenix Rising, which technically would be a loss. Yes, but, but we would you tell know, you to fuck off if that's your response. If that's the way you remember that one, then fuck off. But they have never lost with Miguel Berry on their roster. So I just not here for the first four matches, came on board. Maybe, maybe it's the locals. Maybe it's Chavos. Maybe it's Jordan popping champagne. And this new tradition now that they're never going to let us not do. Or maybe it's just that there's some good players on this team, including Miguel Berry. Yeah, he was um, he did not start. He came off the bench. And so there was a good amount of time where he was uh, running near the match day live set. He was actually hanging out in that corner a lot during that match before he came on to play. Um, There was even a moment where he came over. He started stretching right in front of us right in front of us. And then randomly, I don't know how this happened. A bottle of champagne in a bag just popped out of nowhere, just because he was right there stretching. I don't know what happened, but it's true. It's a fact. Um, I didn't know what to do. I was frozen. I didn't know what to do. I didn't look. I was scared, but that was Miguel Berry. Like you said, we don't lose legs for days, scores goals for days. Um, Is a ton of fun when he's on match day live. Huge fan of Miguel Berry. So that was a fun moment. I would say, too, uh, Miguel Berry comes off the bench last night, comes on in the 55th minute. I have it jotted down here in my notes. And like you said, he started warming up in the first half as if to say, like, hey, you know, let, let's go here. I'm a little impatient. I'm not used yeah. to you know, like I, I'm playing while I'm here in San Diego. If I want to sit on the bench and go to Columbus, you know, <laughs> I mean, sort of just like he was warming up before anybody else was. Sometimes mm-hmm. you see the guys maybe late first half. But um, being at the actual game itself, like it's, it's an incredible environment, right? For our first ever Tuesday night, having no idea what to expect. It's a holiday week. I think everybody partied their asses off as soon as California opened up and people were a little tired after two weeks of like nonstop. Like it was fucking straight up nonstop for two weeks in this city, man, from Peco Park to Torero Stadium to the U.S. Open. Shit was hot out here. And... 
I didn't know. Like, it's great being there, but boy, I missed out on that back heel from Miguel Berry that set up Miguel Ibarra. Did you see that in real time? I mean, I had to go and I watched all the highlights when we got home on Tuesday night. There are a couple of things you just, you, you just sort of miss. And, and I'm certainly not advocating that everybody stay home and watch on television. But, you know, I'm just saying like us there, like we would have probably made a bigger, big, bigger deal about it on Match Day Live Post if we had like actually seen that back heel from Miguel Berry. Like, do you have an appreciation for that since you and I were there? Did you, I didn't see that in real time, Jim. No, I did not see that in real time at all. That is, we did not have a great view of that from where the, the set is. And we don't go up there and watch. Maybe we should. Maybe we should just go up like right midfield, watch from there, get a good perspective. Maybe we get like a TV, uh, let's get a monitor down there so we can watch the TV broadcast or something. Someone get us a monitor, all right? Um, here's your monitor. Uh, here's monitor. your monitor. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, here's what I, something else that crossed my mind. You are the white. Can we get a monitor? Give us a damn monitor. I couldn't see it. I saw it later. Like you said, we would have made a bigger deal about it. It was very good. It was very, very good. There was also a moment where Corey Herzog almost scored. Um, I look back at the replay. I thought he should have scored. He probably thinks he should have scored. You're right in front of the net, a couple yards out, one-on-one with the keep, one touch on it, and it goes right towards the keeper. I thought maybe in that moment, Darren, because the way he was running, he was running towards us in the corner. The team Ryan was there, the team photographer. Um, it would have made for great images if Corey Herzog ran over to our set and chugged a beer to celebrate a goal. Is that in the rules? Can you do that? It's USL. You're allowed to do it. I think so. I think it's probably encouraged, frankly, at that level. Yeah, we were we were pushing hard for that in the first half. Things have changed. I mean, I remember, didn't it used to be that Loyal was heading west in the second half of these matches? What's going on? I'm not complaining. It's just it's different than I remember it, that Loyal now is heading east in the second half. And maybe that has something to do with having supporters in the building. I don't know. But that was great to see. And the other thing I missed last night was that final shot of the match for Oakland Roots. Great save from post-game guest Austin Guerrero, taken by Emra Clementa, yeah. former loyal. I did not realize that in real time either. I just saw this rocket come from just beyond the area outside of the 18-yard box, and Austin Guerrero made an incredible save, which totally changed everything. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that came from a former SD loyal player. Yeah, Darren, um, I have no idea if what I'm about to say is correct, but that will not stop me on the show. Um, I'm pretty sure that San Diego Loyal last year went the direction they did in the first half just to kind of avoid the sun, knowing that there was not a support a supporter section to go, to go towards. But now, fans in the house, you go towards the fans in the second half. And I like it worked it. out very, very well. That's my guess. I could be completely wrong, but that's my guess. Okay. So there it is. Yeah, I also don't really remember all that. It didn't feel important last year because there were no fans and because mm-hmm. I was up in the box doing PA stuff. So, you know, I just was having a nightmare of a time anyhow. Thank you, Nate Abarea. Good to have you back. You're outstanding. Hot mic last night and all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I just missed it. He had a hot mic, right? I thought he did. He didn't seem to know what we were talking about, but I thought I heard it. Mm-hmm. Now, and anytime a broadcaster hears hot mic, they freak out. They're scared. But like nothing, it wasn't anything bad. No. I'm pretty sure it's a like loyal win, but like loyal's gonna win or something. I don't know what he said, but it wasn't anything bad. 
There wasn't anything like, what the fuck, ref? You said three minutes of stoppage time. We're yeah. going on six here, dipshit. Let yeah. it tell time. Yeah, he did not say that. That's not what Nate said over the no. PA system Tuesday That's night. <laughs> yeah, um, if Corey Herzog wants to um, come over and chug a beer to celebrate a goal, we have champagne as well if you want to do that. Whatever you got to do to celebrate a goal, we are – we're, I don't know, we don't get fined. I don't think we would get fined for that. I don't think the club or the player would get fined. Would they? I don't think we'll so. Ask. Do we ask for know. permission on something like that? No, you just beg for forgiveness. Yeah, but you get fined for some really stupid stuff in sports. So, I don't know. Um, I do love the fact that Corey stopped by post-match, picked up a beer. His daughter cruised by. We, uh, we learned later. He sent us a message. Are we allowed to just reveal direct messages? Normally, I wouldn't do this, but I feel like it's, uh, it's totally safe. Um, he said, as Corey was on the field, his daughter said, oh, let's, let's run over to the, to the set. Let's go get you a drink. So they ran over again. The tradition continues. He's, I did not hear him. Normally I hear him coming up for the first time Tuesday night. I was startled that Corey Herzog was right there behind me. (laughs) (laughs) And we were, uh, we were very considerate in that last time he showed up on the set at the end of the match against uh who did we play last time phoenix whoop that ass and uh we didn't have a buena vesa for him so apparently his favorite stone is buena vesa which is my favorite product everyone's favorite that one goes quickly in our bag i i okay get to that in a second but he uh we made sure to have cold buena vesa for him this week so we went out of our way to, to stop by a local establishment to make sure that we were properly stocked up for Corey Herzog because it's mine, it's yours, it's Nate's. So, you know, other people out there claiming those IPAs, but you know, there is a, uh, a Cuban band Jordan called the uh, Buena Vista social club. And I think we should rename the post game show, the Buena Vista social club. Ooh. What do you think about that? I like it. We've turned into a social club. I don't know how we, it happened, but it, it's just happened. It, we are a social club at the end of these games. If you, like, I, I would just tell you what goes on around our set from about minute 70 on is, is different. If anyone thinks we're in control of that show, we're not. That show is uncontrollable. It's beyond anything we can do. We're just trying to keep up with it. I don't yeah. know who's in charge. What, what trying you, to keep up. Uh, Buena Vesa Social Club. Yes. Um, we promised Corey Herzog to have a uh, chocolate milk available for his daughter next time that she stops by. That was by special request. I asked Corey what we could have. Um, and he says that she is a huge fan of chocolate milk. So we're going to go ahead and go ahead and have some chocolate milk ready to go Saturday night when we whoop Sacramento's ass, which is going to be a lot like of fun. Four o'clock, Fourth of July weekend. People should go to Torero. I like it. I like it. And just, you know, hey, this club seems to be getting better every week, too. I know a one nothing scoreline wouldn't necessarily suggest that, but just in terms of, like, overall style, how you play, taking the game to Oakland, didn't produce any goals in the, in the first half, had to wait for a, sub, a substitution or three. But even still, like, just, you know, continuing to, to go out, get better seemingly week by week, man. Like, this is – this is a legitimate run. You said it earlier. I mean, this is four straight. Nobody else is doing this sort of stuff. Nobody else in the Pacific Division has won three straight. It doesn't seem like, you know, the biggest accomplishment in USL history, but hey, I'll take it. You know, nobody else has won three. This club has won four. So, you know, I love it too. And I love it. We always give out the starting 11, but 
think about some of these players that are coming off the bench. Thinking about options off the bench, man. Like Miguel Barr is an MLS player, you know, like Miguel Berry's and he's an MLS player. Uh, you know, it's just Corey Herzog comes off the bench. He's the third all town leading scorer in USL history. Alejandro Guido is coming off the bench. Like, gosh, I mean, what weapons remember last year when you would sub certain guys out and be like, Oh man, like nobody, in this group is going to score. <laughs> I mean, like no disrespect to anybody who was here last year, but you sort of just went like, these guys aren't going to do it. And now this year, like, okay, these guys aren't doing it. Guess what? I got like three or four other guys that might be able to do it. Yeah. No, it's, it, it would be nice. It would be even nicer if uh, when Miguel Berry comes in off the bench, that San Diego already have a lead. It'd be nice if it's not just a moment where you're like, all right, come on. We just need you to save us with a wonder goal, which you take. I mean, San Diego, the better side, I think deserved the three points clearly Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, it's another one goal victory. We are, they're, they're making a sweat a little bit, Darren. They are definitely making a sweat. It seemed to be very much a USL type of night on Tuesday night against Oakland. After the match, we found a bunch of kittens just wandering. I don't know what was going on there, but we found a bunch of kittens. Last year, we found raccoons who yeah. were diving into the beer cooler. Yeah. Um, there was a moment, Darren, who uh, has a, uh, a history in the food and beverage industry, quickly connected the dots that there was a grease fire inside of a food truck. <laughs> so, Where is all the smoke? Is that okay back there? Is that normal? <laughs> you know, we weren't the only ones to notice it. Austin Guerrero noticed it. <laughs> yes, the, the waft of, uh, of burnt meat <laughs> out of the pitch in the second half here it is a a san diego loyal terrero tradition unlike any other here comes burnt meat wafting out there picking up a westerly wind out there into the players noses that uh the truck left very quickly very yeah. quickly truck <laughs> bolted immediate u-turn and bolted the hell out of there man thing was still smoking it was like going down now that i think of it is that truck okay i don't know i don't know that we'll ever see it again i'm glad we actually enjoyed the food for the first time ever so it's it's over it's where sd loyal's locker room was last year and now they got a food truck over there so yeah, east side of the uh, west side of the stadium, and uh, I thought the food was quite good. I had a burger from there. They uh, scared me off their street tacos, but their burger was quite good. So if you're looking for a good burger option, hopefully that truck will be there on Saturday. I, I make no guarantees. It was a USD truck. That's why I was concerned. It had like the school's logo on it. <laughs> the Torero was on. I didn't know what was going on, but Darren was like, "That's a grease fire." I'm like, "All right, it worked." Guerrero noticed it. I thought Guerrero was really good post game. There was a moment towards the end where he's like, guys, I'm done. Let me go, <laughs> which is totally fine. I get it. Like that crosses my mind too. So it was good. I thought it was the first time and he delivered free car washes and tacos to everyone. It's a good setup. It was really good. Yeah. Um, we only have a few minutes left. Oh, we had 10 minutes left. We got some time. By the um, way, I thought Austin Guerrero too, like, like, you know, I, one thing, 
you could just tell how happy everybody with the club was for him. You know, here's a guy who, you know, there, there are a lot of teams in this league, right? You know, there are, um, I don't know, 32, 32 teams in this league. And I'm guessing Austin Guerrero could be a starter for, for many of them. But, you know, a hometown guy from Chula Vista, you know, who, who grew up in these parts, who told us, like, it really – it really stood out to me post game for people who can go by. You can, you can go find it on the SD loyal YouTube page. If you want, he's like, I love this club. Like I love this club. And he was like, it was so heartfelt when he said that he loves being around it. He loves representing his hometown. He's so proud to be a San Diego and playing for SD loyal. Right. And what happens? Well, you get John Kempen, who's an MLS starter, you know, you get Trey Muse, who's going to be an MLS starter. And this guy could go start for, for other clubs. I'm guessing. But, like, his teammates were so happy for him. His coaches were so happy for him. We all were happy for him, not just because we, we get Soapy Joe's car washes. But, like, you could just sort of sense how happy everybody was for Austin Guerrero, right? Like, that he was in that last night when the club pulls its, you know, his first clean sheet since 2020. Mm-hmm. His first clean sheet with the club. I can... I think it's a safe bet to say that there's probably a photo that Ryan took of Austin that night that he's going to have framed, whether it's him on the field playing or maybe it's him with his family. I don't know if there was even the opportunity to take that kind of photo, but for me, it seemed like one of those nights that is uh, it's going to be remembered for a very, very long time. It's a win against Oakland roots in the middle of the season on a Tuesday night in front of 3000 people. I don't know what the announced crowd was. I just threw out a random number there, but it's not set up to be one of those nights that you're like, Oh, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. I bet Austin Guerrero remembers Tuesday night against Oakland roots for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Cause I don't know what, again, I don't know what TV did or didn't show, you know, at full time, but I was watching cause we're right behind our set is right behind the West goal. And when the ref blows the whistle, man, like he just jumped up, pumped his fist, hop, like hopped out to the field to go meet his teammates who are ready to embrace him as well. So, you know, we're, we're a little bit behind the scenes here and, you know, trust us when we say like, we're not just saying this, like they were thrilled for him. You know, people who are with this club are thrilled for him. They love that guy. They describe him as just the, like the consummate teammate. And we can speak to that as well because we'll see him sometimes with the other teammates who are, are subs who are on the 18 we see him back there, just stretching, warming up, just being prepared, being around the other guys as they're warming up, you know, encouraging all the players, the players that are in the match. Like, so you can just tell, like everything that they say about him absolutely has to be true. But at, at, at the final whistle, he just like, he just was bouncing around, man, like a kid. Like I was so stoked for that guy. It was great. It was incredible to see that. Yeah. And usually goalies have a huge impact on a match, good or bad. He had a huge impact. Like he was, he had a yellow card. Um, he had the huge save that you brought up, Clementa's rocket of a shot late. Um, that thing came, that was sizzling. And we heard that one from where we were standing. And that's a huge save. That gives that saves you two points. That puts you in a spot, three more points. You would have sounded absolutely crazy after the first four matches of the season if you were to say, oh, San Diego could win the Pacific. But you say it now, you're like, you know, San Diego could win the Pacific. And you don't sound crazy by saying that. You know, we've we've caught up with Phoenix. We're on a better run than Phoenix. Now, can you keep it up for an entire year? You got to prove it. We haven't done that before, but this looks like a squad that can prove it. So it's a, it's a completely different conversation around the club now 
on June 30th, rolling into 4th of July weekend than it was four matches in a completely different conversation. Yeah. And it's just a ton of fun too. I mean, we're laughing about the, you know, the food truck and, you know, the feral cats that were running around, you know, and, and feral cats. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. How about the backdrop that almost killed our manager? Yeah. So the backdrop (laughs) almost fell on Landon Donovan, our guys from two balls and a mic saved his life Tuesday night. Yeah. Way to go, Tony. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, bringing this stuff up, it sort of speaks to the charm of this league in that it's, you know, it's it's not like this big corporate entity, you know, like it's a food truck and it's like feral cats and it's raccoons last year. You know what I mean? Like, I really dig that. Like, I think it provides an element of charm. Like, I think I think there's something seriously like like really very appealing for me, you know, and you and I have been in the same industry more or less for the last decade. And, you know, you sort of just feel like, you know, okay, like NFL and Major League Baseball. Not that it's, you know, it's not super exciting and popular, but, you know, it's, it's very corporate. And then there's something about this, like, lower-level soccer, like second division soccer in this country. You know, it doesn't have much history. But, like, I don't know, it's very fun. Like, it's, just, it's great. Like, that's all part of it. Like, it's all part of the experience, like, to, you know, to, to have the – the waft of meat out there on the field. Like I just, it's, it's all great to be able to drink beers with players. Like where, what other post game show has a wet bar, you know, like where else are players running to afterwards and drinking and, and, you know, having fun and exposing themselves the way, you know, some of these guys have opened up to us. Like I, I don't take it for granted because I know what it's like on the other side of this. And so do you. And I, you know, I just, I really appreciate this. Like, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to know these players to be able to tell Austin Guerrero's story, to be able to welcome Corey Herzog to our set. Like, I really, you know, I, I love it. Like, I really do. Like, <clears throat> in case you couldn't tell, like, I'm having the time of my life, like, personally and professionally doing this. Yeah. I mean, do you want keys to the game brought to you by Subaru Kia? Or do you want us popping bottles of champagne? Like, that's, right. that's give me another pregame show that's good. <laughs> that's, it goes into it. Now, everything we listed off is very much USD related, now that I think of it. The random animals that are just running around Torero Stadium, that's a school thing. That's not a USL thing. And then the USD food truck that caught fire, it really didn't catch fire. I hope people don't aren't taking us serious on that. But there was a good amount of smoke coming out yeah. after they were cleaning up that it was very noticeable. It looked like someone had a some kind of smoke going after scoring a goal is what it looked like. But yeah. Well, I'm sure they were just cleaning their grill and too much, you know, a bunch of smoke popped out. It happens all the time. It's not a big deal. So, But it was fun. Truck drive away. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, someone should find out if that truck's okay. It might still be on fire. Yeah. But, you know, to, to the other, you know, to the, the conversation about all of it, you know, I had some friends who were there and I, who had never been to a pro soccer game before, you know, they're traditional baseball, basketball, football guys. And, you know, brought some friends a couple of weeks ago and like all of them, you know, some of them are coming back this weekend for the second time. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I feel like part of it is, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, it's just, you know, it's fun. And like people are having a blast and it's great energy. And, you know, I'm, I can't, you know, I, I've said it on radio. I say it here, <clears throat> you know, like I'm, I'm sure the club is, you know, who knew what we were going to get on a Tuesday night? You know, you throw out 3000. I felt like more than that. I get, you know, I mean, they're making a big deal today about the Oakland A's getting 4,200 people. Like, Hey, we get the right 3000 in our building and, I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll do real well against Sacramento. And then as this thing builds, it's only the fifth time we ever played in front of fans. I mean, that's, 
you know, that's something that shouldn't be forgotten. So, you know, I'm also glad that people are going, experiencing it, and the club is is rewarding them, not just the supporter section, but everybody else who's coming in there who's just sampling it and checking it out. I'm glad that they're rewarding people for for spending their money and going to one of these things and checking and seeing what it's all about. Yeah, you never know what to expect on your first ever Tuesday night. I didn't know what to expect. Um, this weekend, I'm expecting a very nice crowd because Sacramento, 4 p.m., that's I know uh, I know my wife and son Luca coming out. Luca coming to his first ever SD Loyal match this weekend. I'm very much looking forward to that. Hopefully, I can sneak him down towards the Tory Club. You think we could do that? Is that I, 21 up? I uh, see no evil, speak no evil, and hear no evil. Okay, Luca's bringing the champagne this weekend, everybody. That's Luke, what's happening. Bottles pre-match. Yes, Luca. I'm going to hold Luca while popping a bottle of champagne just so I can have that picture. That's what I'm going for. But I am expecting a pretty nice turnout this weekend. So it seems like walk-up has been very, very good, too. So make sure you uh, cruise on out. Enjoy the party. Join the party this weekend, 4 o'clock. We'll be on at 3.30 on SD Loyal's YouTube page. Quickly, yeah. Darren. Um, Sacramento, by the way, I'm just looking real quick. Their current... Uh... Uh, current form is they don't have a win since May. Do I have this right? They don't have a win since May 12th. Can that be right? Well, yeah, they haven't been great. They've not been. They've lost four out of five and haven't had a win here in over a month. So hopefully that trend continues for both clubs, which seemingly are going in different directions. Yeah, it has not been great soccer scenes in Sacramento lately. So. They'll be in town this weekend. We saw them last year. It is a club that you and I saw. It's uh, it's the first time that the locals and Chavos and everyone else who comes to Torero, it'll be their first opportunity to see Sacramento Republic coming in, which is one of those clubs we would often talk about as one of the clubs you really want to see. You circle them on the schedule when they come to town. So I do look forward to that. <clears throat> um, Darren, any quick thoughts on Euros? Mine are that it's been fascinating television. It's been really good. I am one of those people that love having the big names still involved in any kind of tournament late. The NBA playoffs are okay. Like I lo- I, I'm a huge basketball fan, but I think we can all agree when all the stars go down and the big names go down, it takes a little bit of shine off of it. You can still find reasons to love it. Um, it's delivered great television. I hope it continues to deliver great television in the Euros this weekend. Um, but so far, so good. And we do still have a few heavyweights. They're not all Cinderella's. But we've had some pretty big names drop out with Germany and France and others. Portugal, of course. The Dutch are out as well. So there's been huge names to be eliminated already, um, which has made for great television early on. I'm hoping that continues as we wrap up the quarter semis and then, of course, the finals. Yeah, I mean, the the world champs going down. I mean, that that one day, like, this has been a ridiculously good tournament. I can't tell you how much I enjoy having it on early, 9 a.m. as I'm sitting in my house preparing for radio. And then how much I love having it on at 12 in the afternoon so it helps me get through my radio broadcast day. Shh, don't tell anybody that. But, like, having that on that's compelling is just, it's, you know, you've been there. You know what it's like when we got Champions League or when we got the Euros on. But that day, a couple of days ago, two days ago, so we're recording, what is it, Wednesday, Monday afternoon and morning with Spain and Croatia, France and Switzerland, 
I mean, we've just hit like, like peak football. Like it's just, it's so great to get up, to watch it, to invest in it. And then to also think about what that means when you translate it to like a local club, which is, you know, totally not on the same level, but you know, my point, like, like the point is like the passion of it all. Seeing the scenes, Jordan, I thought inside of Wembley for England, getting through Germany for the first time since 1966 in a major tournament, like, you know, and knowing like you follow a lot of English soccer and, you know, one of my best, you know, one of, one of my better friends is, you know, an Englishman and he's constantly like, telling me it's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming home. Like, they really believe that, you know what I mean? Like, they believe they get through, you know, Ukraine, you get back into London for the semis and, you know, then for the final. Like, but it's just been, it's been so good. It's sort of hard to narrow down exactly, like, what's been the best part of it because it's all been so great. And I think, yeah. you know, part is just the fans. Right. No, I, I think you, you hit it on the head right there. It's, you can have the Euros, and if it's in a bunch of empty stadiums, these finishes are good, but having the fan reaction and the sound and just everything that comes with it, with those, <clears throat> with people actually in the house for those moments, that changes everything. Like I've said it out loud, watching it, just like it's, it's so much better. The tournament is so much better having people inside the house, the same way that it is at Torero Stadium this year. Clearly, the results have changed at Torero. I think we were a better road team last year than we were at home, right? Do I have that wrong? I could be wrong on that. But this year, clearly, things are really good at home. And it's fans impact that. And Euros on television, they've been great because the finishes have been great. But TV looks really, really good, too, because there's people inside that stadium. So have you ever in your life enjoyed a Harry Kane goal more than the one that he scored the other day against Germany? Ever? I mean, was there ever in, in history a more enjoyable goal from Harry no. Kane? I, no. picked, I picked Germany in my pool. I was rooting for Germany in that game. <laughs> I hated that goal, actually. <laughs> yeah. well, hey, I mean, the scenes there, though, were just... It yeah, was, it was phenomenal. Wembley was buzzing. And you've been there, so you get that more than the rest of us do, because you know what that's like inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've watched Tottenham lose inside Wembley Stadium. It was a fantastic experience. Chelsea won that match 4-2. Very good stuff. Harry Kane, I think, played. Did he score? I may have seen Harry Kane score a goal. I'll look that up. Um, but yeah, Wembley was, that, that was another thing. I, I was messaging with a few friends who were watching and a few Tottenham friend, uh, supporters as well. Like, when, like Kane, Wembley, just the response, the noise level, all of it. Like yeah. you guys have delivered really, really good television. Yeah. I mean, Amsterdam has been great. Copenhagen has been great. London has been great. I know there were field issues in, in Sabia, but, you know, I, I just think some of these atmospheres have been so good. I mean, it's just, it's made the tournament, you know, it, it really has just watching, the, you know, the angst. And also, you know, I, gosh, like I, I love the story about Gareth Southgate too, you know, like here's a guy who in the Euros in 96 against Germany misses a penalty kick that, eliminates England. And now where is that guy today? Oh, he's managing the English. You know what I mean? Like that's like, like you can't script writers can't come up with stories like that, you know, and that they get Germany. Like imagine what the buildup for that match must've been like, if you're Gareth Southgate and like, you know what the history is because you're part of the history. Like you live that history. And you know, then you get a shot like to manage against Germany in London. Like, man, that's incredible. Yeah, I really wish Germany would have won. I know. Sorry, I keep doing this to you. Would you rather 
Would you rather talk about the world champs, France? And how <laughs> no, no. Lost Switzerland and Mbappe. I mean, how about him? Like, here he's like the, the considered a top five player anywhere in the world. And of course, it's his penalty kick that gets saved at the end of it that saves the game for Switzerland. Man. PKs are just the most painful thing. Chelsea supporters can tell you we've seen legends slip during penalties in the biggest moment in club that you can't have it you can't have with a club, but it's tough, man. It's he bounces exactly. back though. Mbappe is going to be just fine. Yeah. Well, we'll see where Real Madrid. Is he going to go to Real Madrid? I thought he was going to go to Chelsea. I don't know. I don't know. I saw some chatter out there. My French translation on uh, Google Translate on Twitter said suggested to me that Mbappe is uh, not going to he's not going to sign with PSG. Mm. He's not going to force a deal. He's not going to force a move, but mm. he's not going to sign with them. And he's let them know, which is an interesting thing to do. Like two days after your club, your national team got eliminated. But man, this tournament's costing people jobs too. Like German manager out, French manager out. Frank the Boar. I don't even know how he got that job. Netherlands manager, he's out. Like this thing is is hard. Everyone's out. You win this tournament, you're going to be out by the time it pl- is played again. That's <laughs> well, that's the conventional wisdom, right? That you should. I mean, yeah. that's the you leave these guys around for too long, even though they just won World Cups. Yeah, this is uh, this is your one tournament. This is your shot. You're getting fired, win or lose. You're out of here, buddy. It's amazing. Great. I mean, the thing about the coverage is. Mostly good on ESPN, too. Mostly. Um, Darren, I'm excited to see you this weekend. We'll bring champagne. We hope to bring three points home as well. No idea what the starting 11 is going to be, but I think uh, I'm going to start thinking of who to select for the pick to kick. I need to make a comeback. I'm not too far back, but I don't think anyone had any points. No one took Ibarra. Well, did anybody take Barry? Because Barry Um, definitely... There, right? Barry had the assist. That's right. People picked up points. All right. We'll have an update there. 3.30 Saturday, Torero Stadium against Sacramento. It's going to be fun. My little Luca will be in the house. I'm so excited. Yes. I have a group of uh, six celebrating a birthday coming to oh. the game on Saturday. Yes. Very nice. <clears throat> yes. Mine will be drinking a bottle of milk. It doesn't sound like uh, your crew will be drinking milk. No, they, they, this is, I believe, step two in like a three-step uh, bender activity for the day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. It will be a shit show Saturday at Torero. We look forward ESPN, to it. By the way, on the broadcast, ESPN too. So no Jack, no Shannon. They've been amazing. I, I will miss hearing their calls. But ESPN too, I like the opportunity to get on national television. And can I just say real quick before I forget, since I just brought that up? We don't get replaced too, do we? I don't know, man. Do they bring in like a national pregame and postgame? Yeah, you guys want Twelman instead? <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass on that. But what a day of broadcasting that is on ESPN, right? Saturday is Saturday. We get Ukraine and England, Czech Republic and Denmark. That's great. Anyway, um, I was watching Nashville Soccer Club, MLS. That's where former SD loyal center back Jack Mayer on loan. Remember, started every game. He was here in San Diego. Then he gets called back to Nashville. It was great. It was bittersweet. Was watching the broadcast, Jordan, and they were talking about Jack Mayer, scored a goal first time back. 
had the um, assist on the equalizer for whomever it was that Nashville just played over the weekend. But they spent about five minutes talking about Jack Mayer's loan in San Diego and how much confidence he gave him, how much confidence the coaching staff gave him. They mentioned Landon Donovan and Nate Miller. I'm pretty sure by name. I know Landon for sure. So I, I thought I heard both. And they just said, like, he didn't have a ton of confidence when he went. He came back and he said, playing all those games, playing all those minutes, playing a role in a team's success really was was uh, important in getting him mentally uh, confident enough to play it, it, at the next level, you know, at the level where he was drafted. And like I said, I don't know why I was watching Nashville SC. I just you know happened to flip it on, maybe because I'm going to one of their games next week. But, you know, I just I stumbled into that broadcast at the right time. And I thought it was great that they were just talking SD Loyal and like how much it meant to Jack Mayer. And he communicated this to the broadcasters. So well done, everybody. Yeah, that was very good. I like it. He had a very good time. It was brief, but it was a great time. San Diego. Mm, successful time. It was. It was. All right, Darren, I will see you Saturday again, 3.30 on the Loyal YouTube page. Who is going to pop champagne for us? Any celebrities in the house this weekend? We were told Rob Machado was going to be there, but I didn't see him. Yeah. We'll see what happens this weekend. We'll see what celebrities show up. Maybe Nate Abarea. Maybe. Maybe Nate Abarea can pop the champagne for us on the show. Yeah. Maybe Luca. Luca, you know, yeah, maybe not a good idea. I thought about it, though. That makes me a bad parent. Let's get out. All right, Darren, I will see you Saturday. Peace out. Peace.